Hello, welcome to the first inaugural Government Policy Advisor podcast. I'm Jim Brandell, and with me is Andy Buchak here in Washington, D.C. Today is Friday, March 9th, and we're here to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in Washington, D.C. with the federal government as we look at an overview of the policies affecting our country in Congress as well as the administration. So, first off, Andy and I are going to go through some of the big areas that are uh, affecting Congress and the administration right now. Andy, what are some of the, the big things in Washington right now that we're looking at? I think what Congress is focused on right now has to, mostly to do with the budget. The current funding resolution expires on March 23rd, and so Congress has about two weeks from today in order to pass legislation that funds the entire federal government. Right now, all of the federal agencies are operating under a continuing resolution, which just funds the government at the, the levels they were last year. And so Congress has been working on for some time now to finalize this measure in order to provide new funding levels to the government agencies. It's especially important in some of the defense areas, some of the disaster relief, and some of the other areas where the priorities are probably significantly different than what they were last year when Congress passed its initial budget. So, Andy, the, um, the fiscal year started October 1st, didn't it, last year? Yes, it did. We're about halfway through the fiscal year right now. So we're about halfway through the fiscal year, and we are still working on just a continuing resolution. That's right. We're about six months behind from where we should be at this point. Congress is supposed to have passed a funding resolution at the start of the fiscal year, which would have been October 1st. But in recent years, Congress has always fallen behind that deadline and not met the October 1st deadline. And this year, we are particularly behind schedule, even more so than usual. So there are a lot of issues I know that have held it up um, to get this far, and some of those have been resolved, as we've heard. This budget caps issue you talked about in regards to the amount of money we're going to spend. There is an issue on the debt ceiling, I believe, that um, they fixed about a month ago that they extended the debt ceiling until, I believe, March of next year, if that's right. That's correct. And previously, when the, the, the prior funding resolution expired, there was an effort to try to include immigration legislation into the spending bill, and that's what led to that three-day shutdown last month. Uh, in talking with a number of different congressional offices, the expectation at this point anyway, still two weeks to go, but at this point anyway, is that there will not be that same effort to try to introduce non-related legislation that could hold the whole thing up as it relates to immigration or perhaps gun control. It seems as though supporters of those issues are not going to use this funding bill as a legislative vehicle for those issues that they recognize are controversial and could result in another government shutdown. So I think that's good news that we're highly unlikely to see another government shutdown in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's definitely good news. Now, on the immigration front, um, the reason why that's not going to be used as an issue uh, is because that the Supreme Court ruled that uh, a previous lower court uh, ruling stands at this point, if, if I'm not mistaken. So, therefore, uh, the DACA issue, as it's called, is, is, is still stands and it's still in force um, until it actually works its way through the actual judicial system. Exactly. There was a deadline. The president has laid out a deadline of March 6th, which has obviously come and gone this week. But the courts essentially made that deadline a moot point. And so the urgency 
in Congress to resolve it has faded a little bit. And as I think anyone that follows Congress even just a little bit realizes, Congress tends to use deadlines as motivation to get things done. And without a deadline, there always seems to be less of a, a motivation to get the legislation through. And so the, the relevant deadline in this case is government funding expiring on March 23rd. And that's really what is going to be the focus over the next two weeks. So the last government funding um, continuing resolution last month um, had a lot of extra things in it in addition to a, a, just a, a short-term uh, additional spending measure. It had some tax extenders um, for you know 2017 on it. Um, even though we just passed a tax reform bill that's, that uh, started uh, January 1 of 2018. Um, so do we, is tax over with or what else do we have to do on taxes, would you say, Andy? Well, on, on taxes... I think that the biggest part of tax reform is done, but there are a number of folks out there that are doing, are pursuing some technical corrections or have issues with the tax law that's come up. In fact, Jim, we're, we're working on a project for a client right now with a, a major tax issue. Exactly. So this tax bill that was passed at the end of last year, just before the holidays, uh, was done very quickly, especially in comparison to a lot of other major uh, tax overhauls. The 1986 tax overhaul took approximately two years uh, of hearings and, and markups in order to get passed. This last one last year took place in about six weeks from the time of introduction to final passage, so much quicker. And with that, a lot of you know drafting errors um, that are out there. Uh, a lot of people have heard about this co-op issue that has to do with um, extra uh, favorable treatment for tax tax purposes for co um, farm co-ops in regards to the way they sell their products. But, and yes, as you mentioned, we actually are working with one uh, client of the firm who we do um, a lot of uh, legal and compliance work with who actually um, has a, a tax issue that coming out of this tax law. Um, so we are trying to help this client uh, investigate both on a legislative uh, track and a regulatory track to see if there's any type of solution so they can avoid some of these uh, uh, these uh, base erosion uh, issues in this particular case. Who, who have you talked to, Jim, in terms of with the client? Who I guess let me ask it a different way. Who have you been able to get the client in front of to talk about the issues they're having and to sort of get feedback about possible solutions? Yeah, good question, and and this is a good example because these are the type of, of folks that we can work on behalf of other clients of the firm when we when they have issues. So for this particular client, we've been able to set up meetings with folks at the highest levels of the Treasury Department. We had a meeting last week with uh, the Deputy Assistant Secretary for International Tax Policy, Chip Harder, uh, on this issue to make it aware of him and to see what kind of guidance they will do. Treasury has authority to do guidance on tax laws to, uh, for implementation purposes, so we're trying to explore that route. And on the legislative front, we've met with folks in both chambers. We've met with Speaker Ryan's top tax counsel, as well as uh, the, the international tax counsels for both the Senate Finance Committee and the House Ways and Means Committee. So really going to the heart of, of the uh, policymakers who are responsible for these issues when it comes to the needs of what our client wants. Excellent. In, in, in addition to some of the, the tax policy that's out there, there's also this week the president rolled out a, a tariff on steel and on aluminum. And I think that that has a lot of folks worried both 
on the, the automotive sector and sort of the, the end user side as well as you know support for those tariffs from some of the steel production side but Jim what what do you think is going to happen next related to these tariffs there's been a lot of sort of opinion expressed from members of Congress absolutely it's it's definitely been very controversial in regards to what the president announced and um, and like we've seen in a lot of things what the president announces initially isn't always exactly what ends up being implemented um, in this case, uh, w- when it comes to the tariffs on steel and aluminum, uh, which right now are scheduled to take effect on March 23rd, um, it, the president is looking now to exclude Canada, Mexico, and other of our allies who have a defense relationship with the U.S. to be able to have um, some type of exemption allowed for them. So, again, I think it's still fluid even after they're implemented, um, you know, depending on what kind of retaliatory measures other countries have. Um, you know, we'll be able to, to finally figure that out. But those, that's another area where, for clients of the firm, that we are available to help navigate this issue for them and make sure that their voices are heard and to see what kind of solutions may be in store for them. That sounds great. I know when President Bush introduced steel tariffs a few years ago, Dykema was involved um, pretty extensively in helping folks pursue exclusions. And it, with the announcement this week, it looks as though there may be other opportunities to do that type of thing in the future. Yeah, so so that's kind of gives a good summary of where things are kind of with Congress. Um, but with the administration there's itself on the executive branch, there's a lot of, of movement that's going on there, or actually, maybe, should I say lack of movement um, when it comes to the nominations and confirmations of some of the key uh, positions. Um, there are over 700 or um, key positions that require Senate confirmation um, within the executive branch that are, for, that are political appointments of the President of the United States. And we are significantly behind what is typical with a year into administration about how many, there's a lot of vacancies, both where the nomination is pending, but even a bigger number, I think, of folks that haven't even been, not, there hasn't been a nomination made to fill the position. Is that, that right? Yeah, absolutely, Andy. So right now, they're uh, approaching 300 confirmed. Uh, there's about 275 confirmed uh, appointments um, of these Senate-confirmed uh, uh, slots by the um, by the Senate um, for Trump nominations. So, but th- that's still way behind. There are over 220 slots right now that no nominee has even been announced. And so, what this means is there is a lot of acting uh, career folks who are in these positions, and a, a lot of work just isn't being done when it comes to regulatory matters. Um, some of this may be by choice. Some of it may not be. Part of it is um, just floor time. I know uh, in the Senate, Andy, that um, Speaker, uh, I'm sorry, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has really been focusing on judicial appointments. Um, <clears throat> you know, appointments to the different federal benches. And that's a whole separate kind of list of, of folks and vacancies. So a lot of the the key positions within the executive branch are are on the back burner for a lot of the judicial nominations that he's doing. And there's about 150, I think, nominations that are pending right now, ranging from the IRS commissioner to senior officials within the administrations to a number of, of ambassador appointments. I know there's been a number of stories out about 
how there are a lot of ambassador vacancies and that a number of countries don't have ambassadors nominated. There was a batch of ambassadors nominated in February. Isn't, yes, know. absolutely. So um, there's been a lot announced, uh, not a lot of floor time to get them through. But, um, you know, since since February, there's been nominations to Germany, Australia, Fiji, um, Tonga, Hungary, Poland. So a lot of these places, um, you know, have finally have at least announced nominations. But, you know, when they're actually going to be uh, confirmed by the Senate remains to be seen. Jim, I've got an idea for a contest to see if anyone's actually listening to this podcast. Okay. I think that if anyone out there who's listening to this podcast can find either you or me in Dallas and tell us who the president's nominee for the ambassador to Poland is, we should buy him a drink. I like, I like that challenge. Okay, you heard it, folks. Find either Andy or myself uh, in Plano at the members' uh, meeting and tell us who Donald Trump has nominated to be the U.S. ambassador to Poland, and we will buy you a drink there. So uh, get on your Google uh, searches and uh, figure that out for us, for sure. Well, Andy, let's talk about the election now. We've talked a lot about public policy, both in Congress and the executive branch, but let's talk about what's on a lot of people's mind. How is this all going to play out come November? It's going to be the midterms for President Trump's first term. Um, the whole House is up, a third of the Senate. So kind of what's the lay of the land? Let's start with the Senate first. What's What are the numbers in the Senate looking like right now? Well, every two years, about a third of the Senate is up for re-election. And this year, there are 34 senators up for re-election. 26 of them are Democrats and eight of them are Republicans, which even though Democrats seem to have some political headwinds um, or, I guess, tailwinds in their uh, favor here, um, it will be a little bit challenging to really make any significant changes in the makeup of the Senate with only eight Republicans up for re-election and 26 Democrats with a number of them, 10 of them, up for re-election in states that President Trump won um, in his November uh, 2016 election. And if I'm not mistaken, the number of people who have announced their retirement in the Senate is, is down from 2014 from the last time. So in 2014, um, at this time, there were eight members of the Senate who announced that they were leaving. Um, as of right now, there's only five of them who have announced, and um, and there's four Republicans and, and one Democrat. Which is definitely not the case in the House, as we maybe shift over to what's going on in the House. In fact, it's almost the opposite. I think we have a, a, a record number of folks on the House side right now that have already Announced that they are retiring, including a number of folks who are currently committee chairmen. Yeah, that's 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 true. So in the House, all 435 seats are up for re-election per normal uh, every two years, and as Andy mentioned, uh, record number of people who have announced they're not running. Uh, on the Republican side, there are 37 Republicans who have already said they are not going to be seeking re-election. About 10 of them are, are full committee chairs. And there are 17 Democrats who announced they're not going to seek re-election. So um, uh, compared to previous years and previous midterms, this is this is off the charts when it comes to that. And so with that um, comes the possibility that a, a change in control could happen. And I think I was just took the words out of my mouth. I think there are a lot of people that are either cautiously optimistic on the Democratic side or 
a little nervous on the Republican side that there are going to be some pretty big changes in the makeup of the House of Representatives next year as a result of the election. And that's one of the great things about the Dykema Government Policy um, Advisor team is that we work in a very bipartisan manner on Capitol Hill. So no matter who actually controls the, what chamber or, or the executive branch, you know, we're here to help service clients of the firm when it comes to navigating the different issues here in, in Washington. So even though um, there could be a change control, um, that's not something we, uh, you know, it, it should affect the way we operate it, does it? No, it won't. It won't affect the way it won't affect our the way we operate in terms of our relationships. It will certainly affect the way that we will see Congress operate, and in terms of the the agenda going forward. So, with that, I think that there are going to be a number of issues that folks are going to try to deal with in the coming months here going forward. And I think we look forward to working on those issues and sort of working with clients of the firm and bringing up, you know, where we can be helpful to, to clients. Absolutely. We've already heard some um, some potential plans this week of, of what the Democratic caucus is looking at if they take control when it comes to um, infrastructure plans and what they would like to do on tax reform uh, in their own sense if they take over. So a lot of potential changes down the road and a lot of needs for um, for clients to make sure they have people help them navigate through this. And that's what we're here for and we do for clients. So if you have any ideas of your clients who would like to, to talk with us in regards to needs that they have, please find any of us Why we're in, in Plano. Um, we'd love to talk to with you. So with that, we're going to sign off and we look forward to talking to all of you in the coming uh, weeks and also in Texas. Great. Thank you. The materials contained in this audio are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute the legal or other professional advice of Dykema Gossett PLLC and affiliates. Dykema. Neither Dykema nor any other Dykema entity accepts any responsibility for any loss which may arise from reliance on information contained in this audio. Permission is given for the downloading and temporary storage of this audio for the purpose of viewing on a personal electronic device. The contents of this audio are protected by copyright under international conventions, and apart from the permission stated, the reproduction, permanent storage, or retransmission of the contents of this audio is prohibited without the prior written consent of DICOMA. Rules of certain state Supreme Courts may consider this advertising and require us to advise you of such designation. Copyright 2017, Dykema Gossett, PLLC.